Can you feel it? The instability, the disruption, the raging storm. If we don't feel it now, we have before, and we will again. So how do we weather the torrent of change in this life? And how do we navigate our own inner tempests? Can we learn to build our lives with wisdom and stability? And can we learn that no amount of success or consumption will be enough to ground our souls? We can and we will. When we follow the words of Jesus, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Good morning, church. It is a joy to be with you this morning and to kick off this new series. It is a beautiful day for a beautiful new series, and I'm just delighted to be here. And if you're joining us online, we're delighted to have you with us as well. Now, I think by watching this bumper today, we probably know how much we need this series right now, right? We need this reminder of what it means to be solid. And we need this reminder of what it takes to live through the storms of life from a place of internal strength and a place of internal peace, okay? Now, it's pretty clear that we've experienced some storms in the last year, right? This series is hitting at the one-year mark, the one-year mark of this lovely pandemic that we're all going through right now. One year we've been doing this, you guys. We've been social distancing. We've been wearing the mask. We've been navigating all of the complicated social dynamics of the whole thing and the painful family tensions and the confusing information that we're getting from all over the place. It's been a year of upheaval and change and confusion and disruption, right? It's been a pretty stormy year. And that's just about the pandemic. That's not even including all of the things that are going on in our individual lives. And we all have those things, right? So I'm sure that this bumper, well, I'm not sure, but perhaps this bumper reminded you of the parable of the wise and foolish builders, right? When that, those words of Jesus at the end, they reminded us about the person who built his house on the solid rock. Well, when I was a kid, I used to sing a song about this parable. Now, you all might not know this song. Some of you might. It even had hand motions. So I am excited for you guys to join in with the hand motions if you know them, all right? Because I thought about singing it for you. I did think about it. But then I was like, I bet YouTube has an amazing rendition of this song. So we're going to watch just a portion, just a little tidbit of the musical masterpiece, The Wise Man Built His House. Upon the sand, and the rains came a tumbling down. 
already dying. It's a sad, it's a sad splat. Watch it. Oh, there it is. There's the song. Now, guys, come on. This is a genius way to learn the scriptures, and I'm so glad we all got to experience it together today. Children, if you had not experienced that song before, think of all the things that you're missing. We're just going to have to bust all these back out. All right. Now, seriously, I know that it's kind of a silly song, definitely, but I will tell you, I have always remembered this parable because of the song, right? Sometimes when we learn things by music, we remember them a little bit deeper, right? And I will say that there are a few times this year where the words of this song have felt a little bit more real to me. The words that say, the rains came down and the floods came up. And the rains came down and the floods came up. And the rains came down and the floods came up kind of felt like that this year, right? It's kind of felt like it's been coming at us from all sides. Rains down, floods up, life's a little bit crazy, right? And we know living in Florida, what it's like to be in the path of a storm, right? What it's like to be in the path of a hurricane. That Irma experience is still fresh in all of our minds, I'm sure, enough to cause a little bit of adrenaline at the mention of the word Irma, right? Um, but, you know, we know what it's like to be in the path of an oncoming storm. But it's not the, while it's not the place that any of us want to be, it is the place that we're going to be from time to time, right? We cannot avoid the storms of life. And frankly, we don't always want to avoid the storms of life because sometimes pursuing the path of peace and the path of shalom takes us right into the path of the storm, right? So how do we finish the verse of that song then? The rains came down and the floods came up, but the house on the rock stood firm. The house on the rock stood firm. Now, to be honest, when I was writing this message, I got a little choked up at this song, at this silly little kid song, because I long for that to be true of me, right? I don't want to escape the storms. I don't suppose that's possible but I do long to stand firm in the midst of them, right? So how do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to spend the next few weeks talking about. And I am really glad for the reminder. To be honest, this could not be coming at a more perfect time for me personally because it's, I felt a little shaky lately, right? And I think in this series, we're going to learn some new wisdom for how to be solid and for what being solid really looks like. But even more than that, as we study it together, I think we're going to be reminded of how solid we already are. I think that's what's going to happen. So we're going to look at our memory verse for a moment because our memory verse is taken from this very same parable. So here it is, Matthew 7:24. Let's all say it together. Let's all say it together. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Now, there's something about that word solid that does something in me, at least, because I want that to be a word that I use to describe myself. I want, I want to call myself solid. I want other people to call me solid. That's a good word. I like that word, right? And I want to build my life on something solid so that I can then become solid. So today we're going to talk about it. And in order to do that, we're going to read these parables in their entirety 
first. There's two different ones. One's in Matthew and one's in Luke. So first we're going to read the one in Matthew. Jesus said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Now we're going to read Luke's version of the parable too because it's a little bit different. It's got a little good tidbit in there. So Luke, this is what Jesus says. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on a solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse in a heap of ruins. Now, I like this version of Luke's because it talks about digging deep. It talks about digging all the way to the bedrock, right? And building your foundation there. Bedrock, it's talking about something deep in the ground, something that you can't actually see. You can't actually see when, the, when it's raining or when it's sunny, you don't see the bedrock. But deep down, the foundation of the house is built there. And so when it's battered by a storm, it stands. So today we're going to ask ourselves about this idea of solid. But first we need to understand what we really mean when we say that word, right? Because that, that word could mean a lot of things. And there are a lot of things that we don't actually want to be that it could mean. Now, last Sunday when we got home from church, our family watched The Princess Bride together. It was a lovely day. It was the first time the kids had seen The Princess Bride. It was also the first time my parents had seen The Princess Bride. So it was a beautiful experience for everyone. Now, if you are familiar with The Princess Bride, you may be familiar with Inigo Montoya, who has a very specific quote that is important to remember Lots of times, but especially today. He says, you keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. Now, I don't want that to happen today. I don't want to keep using solid, and we think it means something different than what it actually means. So, first, I mean, we definitely don't want Inigo Montoya criticizing our understanding of Jesus. So we're going to first look at what it doesn't mean, okay? What does solid not mean? Let's put it up on the screen. Solid does not mean rigid and inflexible. It does not mean guarded and impenetrable. It does not mean stoic and unemotional. Now, when we read that parable of Jesus, I think we, we know that it doesn't mean these things. Like we know Jesus is not saying, if you follow my teaching, you will be rigid and inflexible and guarded and impenetrable and stoic and unemotional. We, we know that's not what Jesus is saying. But when things get hard in life, when we come up against a storm, whether it be a storm of conflict or of criticism or of unfavorable circumstances, sometimes we find ourselves doing these sorts of things in order to withstand the storm, right? 
The storm's coming at me, this storm of conflict, this storm of criticism, this storm of bad things about to happen. And so I'm going to go rigid and inflexible and unemotional so I can be solid in the storm, right? But that's probably not what Jesus meant, okay? We feel like we have to brace ourselves, right? We have to brace ourselves for the storm. We have to batten down the hatches. You guys know what batten down the hatches means? I had to look it up. Oh, you know what it means? What does it mean? Yeah, it means brace yourself, but do you know where the saying actually came from? Does anyone know? On a ship, boats, that's right. It is a nautical term. Batten down the hatches basically means close all the openings, right? So if there's windows, they're going to put a tarp over the window, and there's actually what they call wooden battens on the doors, or there was when they made up the saying, and they put the wooden battens over the doors to make sure that the storm doesn't blow through the ship and sink it, right? Batten down the hatches. I say that a lot sometimes. I don't know. It's funny for me. But apparently it's not what I should be doing because that's not what Jesus taught about being solid. But here's the thing. If that's what we're doing, we're battening down the hatches, we're closing all our openings, and we're preparing for the storm, we might think that that is a solid posture, but really it's probably setting us up to get hurt, right? It reminds me of putting up our storm shutters Again, another Irma reference. I am so sorry. But when Irma was coming, Chris did this one time and really one time only. If another hurricane comes, we're just going to let the storm blow through the house because he's never going to do that again because it's a lot of work, right? To put all the storm shutters on the houses. I'm sure we all remember. They're just a joy, just a joy. But that's kind of what we feel like we have to do internally when we feel a storm coming on. We put up those shutters, we put up those defenses, and we batten down the hatches so that we can stay solid. But solid doesn't mean rigid and inflexible and stoic and unemotional and guarded and impenetrable, right? Solid does not have to mean our storm shutters are up because our security in the midst of the storm, it doesn't have to do with our external fortifications. It has to do with the internal foundation. Now, I think we know this but sometimes we forget, right? Sometimes we just feel like we have to be the ones to create this solid feeling and board ourselves up so we can withstand it. But that's not the truth of Jesus. What it has to do with is the work we have done to dig all the way down to the bedrock, right? To lay a foundation. So if some glass breaks in the storm, it's not a big deal because our foundation is secure. If we have to rebuild some walls or some rafters, it's okay because our foundation is secure. So when we're confronted with criticism, or conflict, or circumstances that feel like they're going to rip us apart, the solid posture in that scenario is not to close ourselves off, right? It's not to refuse to listen. It's not to pretend we don't have emotions, right? The solid posture is actually to remain open, to remain open to the storm and to consider all the perspectives and to allow ourselves to feel whatever emotions the rain and the winds might bring because we know that those perspectives and those feelings aren't going to shake the foundation. They're not going to shake the bedrock. Brene Brown has a quote that I love. She says, strong back, soft front, wild heart. Strong back, soft front, wild heart. 
That's the posture that I want to show up in as solid, right? Solid enough to lower my defenses, to unbatten my hatches, to listen and to learn and to grow and to change and to adapt and to feel, to actually feel what's going on in my own life, right? And to be unafraid of the wind and the rain because it's not about my built-up fortifications. It's about the foundation, right? So that's what solid doesn't mean, all of those things. But before we go on to what it does mean, we have to acknowledge some other places where we tend to look to find our solid ground, right? Because we can't keep using this word if it doesn't mean what we think it means, right? So where are we tempted to find our solid ground? There's a lot of places. I just named a few today. Financial stability, relationships, marriage or kids or friends, maintaining the status quo, just keeping up with life as it comes, right? Or success and achievement, degrees or promotions or status. We might look for our solid ground there. Or properties and possessions, right? If we just get the dream house, we'll have our solid ground. Or power and influence. Now, I think, again, we can read the words of Jesus and be reminded that these are not the places to find the solid ground. But again, how much of our lives do we spend struggling to arrive in these places so that we can feel solid and settled, right? I certainly have done it plenty of times when I feel like if I can just get this next project done, if I can just like make this turn in the corner of the story of my life, things will be way more solid, right? But the reality is that's not where we find our solid ground. Now, I'm not saying it's not good to pursue dreams and goals and healthy relationships. Of course it is. But the bedrock, not found in those things, right? Our solid ground is not found on our external accomplishments and relationships. It's found on our internal foundation internal foundation. All right. Hope you're staying with me because we're going to move on. We've talked enough about what solid doesn't mean, okay? So we're going to talk about what it does mean. What does solid mean? I think it means wisdom and perseverance and strength. Wisdom, perseverance, and strength. That's what solid means to me. And if we read this parable, I think we can see those things very clearly, right? Wisdom. Jesus says, anyone who listens to his teaching and follows them is wise. So that wisdom piece, it's a big part of being solid, right? Secondly, perseverance. Though the rains and the winds come, we carry on, right? Perseverance. I love that word. I want that to be true of me, right? And then strength. Strength. We don't collapse. We don't collapse. Wisdom, perseverance, and strength. I don't think there are too many qualities that I would find much more admirable than that. That that is like, yeah, if I could say those things are true about me, I could call myself solid, right? And when I'm facing the conflict or the criticism or the unfavorable circumstances, I would very much like to show up with wisdom and perseverance and strength right? So in the midst of a pandemic that has thrown our entire world into upheaval, I would very much like to show up with wisdom and perseverance and strength. 
I think we can all think of the, the conflict or the problem that's most pressing on our minds and our hearts right now in our lives, because we've all got them. And I think we could say, I would like to show up to that thing with wisdom and perseverance and strength, right? That is being solid. Author Christian Wyman talks about this place inside, this place of the untriumphant but absolute yes. And I love this. He writes, as we, as we tend to the space in our hearts that belongs to Jesus, and as we do that digging down to the bedrock, we will find the wherewithal to say again and forever, you're wordless but lucid, you're untriumphant but absolute yes. Right? There is that place inside of us as the Spirit of Christ grows within us where you might not triumph over the storm, right? It may be an untriumphant yes. It might blow out all your windows. It might break down your whole house, right? But in that place, even if there is no triumph, there is still an absolute yes. And that is the place of bedrock. That's the place of bedrock. That's what I call solid wisdom, perseverance, and strength. I cannot speak about the idea of being solid without bringing you a quote or two from Brennan Manning's beautiful work, Ruthless Trust. First of all, can we ponder that title for a moment? Ruthless Trust? Like, doesn't that just, even just the title is like, whoa, I'd be ready to read that book because that sounds intense. And it is. But he talks about this same place too, this place of bedrock, right? Trust in God's unconditional love for us, no matter the circumstances. Despite facing horrendous circumstances, can we choose a ruthless trust to believe that he loves us? That's the bedrock, right? Here's this quote from Brennan Manning. He writes, to be grateful for an unanswered prayer, to give thanks in a state of interior desolation, to trust in the love of God in the face of the marvels, cruel circumstances, obscenities, and commonplaces of life is to whisper a doxology in the darkness. May we whisper a doxology in the darkness. That is the place of bedrock. That is what it means to be solid. As I was thinking about people that we can learn from in this idea to move towards solid grounds, I was thinking about stories that we know. I thought of the story of Corey Ten Boom. Now, maybe you already know this story. If you do, it's a good reminder. If you don't, it's pretty amazing. And when I think of someone who stood firm in the face of storms, she is way up there on the list. The Ten Boom family were a family of Dutch Christians who helped many Jews escape the Holocaust of World War II. In fact, it's estimated they helped over 800 Jews escape by hiding them in their home and keeping them hidden from the Gestapo. Now, after they had done this for several years and helped 800 people escape, an informant turned them in, and the Nazis came, and they arrested their whole entire family who lived there. The whole family was imprisoned. Corey's father died 12 days after being imprisoned. Corey was put in solitary confinement for three months, 
and then she and her sister were moved to a concentration camp. Her sister died there, and she was scheduled to go to the gas chamber. And then she was released. It was a bit of a miracle that she was released before she died. And do you know what she did when she was released after her whole family had been killed? She went back home. She opened up her home again for mentally disabled people who were afraid of being executed. Now, when I think of horrendous circumstances, that's, that's pretty close, right? I think, I think our own pale in comparison to that, right? This woman saw her loved ones put to death. She faced the gas chamber herself. And after watching her own sister die, she could have had plenty of reasons to crumble, right? Plenty of reason to not find any solid ground anymore, to not find that place where I can trust in the goodness of a loving God when I'm seeing all of this death happening around me, right? And she could have blamed God, and she could have blamed her captors, and she could have lost hope, right? But do you know what she did instead? She forgave her captors. And I don't just mean she forgave them in her heart. She traveled back to Germany after the war and met these soldiers and looked them in the eyes and forgave them. That's what she did. And then she went around the world telling her story. She went to over 60 countries to share the story of what had happened to her and her family. And she wrote fiercely and fully of the goodness of God. Even after all of that brokenness that she had witnessed, even after almost dying in the gas chamber herself, she proclaimed the goodness of God. She's written all sorts of beautiful quotes that are made so much more beautiful when you know her story. So here's one. Imagine being able to write this after your whole family being arrested, sitting in solitary confinement for three months, going to the concentration camp and facing the gas chamber. This is what she wrote. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Now her story, the rains came down and the floods came up. But the house on the rock stood firm. She had wisdom she had perseverance, and she had incredible strength, right? And that's what it means to be solid. So we're going to ask one last question today. And I think we know the answer. We're going to ask it anyway. And the question is, how do we become solid? Now, Jesus said it pretty clearly, right? By listening to the teachings of Jesus, by looking to the example of Jesus, and by the indwelling of the Spirit of Jesus, right? Yes, this starts by listening and following, as Jesus said. If we want to be solid, we do need to invest our time in studying his example and choosing to practice it in our lives, right? But the great news about this solid ground is that we don't have to manufacture it ourselves. It's not just up to us, right? The deepest bedrock of our foundation is not built by your own doing. The place of deep assurance, the place of the untriumphant but absolute yes, it's only the indwelling of the Spirit of Christ within us, right? We choose to say yes to that, but he does the work of that. 
the foundation is more than just the teachings of Jesus. It's the spirit of Jesus himself, alive in us, right? 1 Corinthians 3 says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. Wisdom, perseverance, and strength, right? The spirit of the living God within us is what anchors us to that place, and nothing else will do. Nothing else will do it, right? Corey Ten Boom put it like this. You can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. And from her story, she can say that and know what that means, right? And Brennan Manning put it like this. I love this. Like faith and hope, trust cannot be self-generated. I cannot simply will myself to trust. What outrageous irony. The one thing that I am responsible for throughout my life, I cannot generate. The one thing I need to do, I cannot do. But such is the meaning of radical dependence. Why reproach myself for my lack of trust? Why waste time beating myself up for something I cannot affect? What does lie within my power is paying attention to the faithfulness of Jesus. That's what I'm asked to do. Pay attention to Jesus throughout my journey and remember his kindness. Band, you guys can come up. So here we are, elements on the tail end of a pretty stormy year, right? And the rains came down, the floods came up. And are we standing firm? Are we standing on the solid ground? I pray that we are. I believe that we are. And I pray that we remember that our security in the midst of the storm doesn't have to do with our external fortifications. It has to do with the internal foundation. And it doesn't have to do with the external accomplishments or relationships. It has to do with the internal foundation. And that foundation is Jesus himself, right? And our part is to dig down to the bedrock and pay attention to the faithfulness of Jesus. Pay attention to the faithfulness of Jesus. And when we do, that place of the untriumphant but absolute yes is cultivated inside. So may we find that place of ruthless trust within ourselves. Let's pray. God, these truths are challenging, but also affirming. And I pray that we receive both of those things today. I pray that as we listen to your words, to your parables, to the stories of those who have chosen that place of absolute trust, God, that you would draw us to do the same and that you would help us to look at our storms and our problems and our circumstances and our conflicts from this place, from the bedrock. God, I pray that you would teach us to pay attention to your faithfulness 
that we would not let those moments go by where your goodness is right in front of us and we're too busy or too weary to notice. Jesus, help us pay attention. And as we do, build that place of trust within us. We're asking, we mean it, Jesus. May we be solid. In your name we pray. Amen.